Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Mary. Hello, my reusable straw queen. (laughs) (laughs) That's me now. Yeah. I mean, technically, I've had metal straws in my apartment for quite some time, and I just haven't used them until last week. They're great for smoothies, they're great for water, they're great for impaling your friends. I guarantee I'll have used them once and then they'll get gross inside because I won't wash them (laughs) and then I'll never use them again. Yay! I will, I'll clean them, whatever, if I have to! But enough about fucking straws! Let's get into this fucking episode. We're going to start things off with worst things first. As always, the worst news of the week. After that, we are diving deep into all of the weird fucking flavors that people want me to taste on my delicate palate. Like pickle ice cream? Uh Uh-uh. Ketchup chips? No, thank you. Also, what the hell is umami? And what does it have to do with mushrooms? I don't trust any of it. Then we have a guest complainer, Philip Sparkle, in this dude. I mean, this interview has basically everything. German sex dungeons, orgies at Burning Man, toad poison, instagaze. Barry, should we go to Burning Man next year? Absolutely not. Never, ever in my... No, absolutely no. (laughs) I don't know. Philip might persuade you. If he invites us... I'll consider it. I'll say no. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's squeeze a lemon on this bitch and start the show. All right. Worst things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a school district in Florida, only in Florida. Posted on Facebook about finding uh, a bearded dragon in a middle schooler's backpack. Oh, no. (laughs) And it turns out he brought it to school because he said he didn't want to leave it at home because he would be sad. The lizard would be sad. Yeah, that's totally fair. I can't believe they blasted this child on Facebook for this. Let, Let the lizard learn. No lizard left behind. That's what George Bush was all about. God, if that man ever sees a lizard, he's never going outside again. Or he'll paint it. Um, yeah, this is. You think Miss Frizzle would have let this happen? No, she would have said, "Let him learn." She would have kept him in the classroom. She would have used this as a teachable moment. Also, he was named Django. 
Oh, no. <laughs> no D, just Django. Okay. Wait, didn't Miss Frizzle have a lizard yeah. teacher assistant? Yeah, okay. See? This is a yeah. this is the TA, the new TA <laughs> in middle school. The Facebook post by the school district said uh, it, it reminded parents to check their children's backpacks before sending them out the door. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I feel like that's one of those things that you can't really prepare for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you uh, got to check in case you taking your lizard with you today. No. My parents never looked at my backpack. I mean, they didn't expect anything. Also, there was no room in my backpack because it was so full of books. I was oh, we kid. get it. You're a nerd. You're smart. <laughs> you I read. Like, there's no way I don't have irreparable damage to my spine because of the way I carried books. That's why I had a rolling backpack. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I did, 100%. That's Didn't more help. embarrassing <laughs> I know than it anything is. I else. know it really is. I think there are two incredibly embarrassing things you could say about yourself. One is that you had a rolling backpack, and two is that you wore a shirt to the pool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did one of those. I did the other. (laughs) Killing it. Next. A Pennsylvania couple are headed to trial after police say they went on a spending spree after a bank accidentally deposited $120,000 into their account. That's their money. A lot of words. Yeah. Gavel, gavel. Police told the local news that the couple spent most of the money on items like an SUV, a race car, two four-wheelers, a camper. They paid bills and also gave their friends (laughs) $15,000. They should go for a trial for anything. It's like financial... Malfeasance? Yes. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. I guess if uh, extra $120,000 just magically appeared in your account, what are you going to do? Buy an SUV <laughs> and a camper. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe like a food truck to start my dream food truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because then you keep making money. Um. Yeah. First thing I would do, obviously, is get it all in singles. And then roll around in it. And then I'd probably have to pay most of the most of it would go towards like a treatment for like hepatitis. What? Because of rolling around in money. I didn't know that's how you contract that. Yeah. Money is disgusting. Yeah, that's true. I'd need to go. Well, yeah, I'd have to go to like a brand new bank where they got f- those fresh bills mm, that have never been crisp, touched. Crisp, crisp, crisp. I want to put my bare titty on Benjamin Franklin in his raw face. So the I guess the bank contacted them after they realized their error and, and they were like, give it back. And they failed to repay it. So now the bank is being a douche about it. You can't give a gift and then ask for it back. You learned that in like third grade. Yeah. I don't know how this works. I mean, clearly they're being taken to court, but like you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like if I drop five dollars and someone catches it before it hits the ground, is it theirs now? Yes. <laughs> yes it is and that's that's how banks should run their laws that's why i make all of my money by just following very clumsy people around (laughs) and just waiting i'm wondering where all my money went you drop your credit card that's the real jackpot before the trial the man said all i'm going to say is we took some bad legal advice from people and it probably wasn't the best thing in the end i'm guessing one of their friends was like you can keep it (laughs) and they were like sounds legit to me how is the lottery any more legal, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. But what about the banks? What what they did during the whole banking thing that happened? Yeah, 2008. Remember that, <laughs> bitch? Oh, oh, the banks can steal from us, but we can't steal from the banks? Especially if they gave it to us? Yeah. It sounds like they fucked up again. Let's take them to court. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Elizabeth Warren won't stand for this shit, will yeah. she? Anyway. <sighs> Next! This story is my favorite. A misunderstanding over loud sex led to a wild fracas at a Maryland hotel and attempted murder charges against a 34-year-old woman, according to authorities. And the New York Daily News. Yeah. Wild sex, attempted murder. This is a movie I'd watch. It's got everything. So cops say that this woman named Allison was taken into custody after allegedly firing a gun and biting a security guard at a day's (laughs) end. First of all, a security guard at a day's end? I don't think so. No, there's barely even a front desk there. You walk in, the doors are all unlocked, you let yourself in, you have to do laundry, and then you get the fuck out. 
and you're going to have things will burn that didn't burn before, but it's going to be fine. So an officer was initially called to the scene by a security guard who said that Allison and another woman were fighting in their room. uh, But then the other woman was like, no, we weren't fighting. We were having sex. Okay, if you must know. Uh, And then Allison was also like, no, we weren't fighting. Um, But the security guard asked the two women to leave and their children who were in another room. And then Allison was like, I'm not leaving. And then she got a gun and pointed it at his head. And then she bit his arm and the gun went off. And then the security guard had to be hospitalized. And she was like, "Uh, I didn't fire at him. The gun fell out of my bag and went off. She said, quote, if I intended to ever use the gun, I would never have missed the target. (laughs) Shiro. Absolute Shiro. I love that defense. For anybody. <laughs> I mean, it's like OJ basically did the wrote a book about it. Yeah. Sheila did it. She basically said it in Wild Wild Country. She was like, they, they, they've done a lot of a, a, attempted accusations. I don't fail. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to do some shit, I'll do some shit. I love that defense. Mm-hmm. And it works every time. Anyway, it's like you can, can't even go to a day's in in this country without some shit going down. And finally, a woman in Florida, only in Florida, who claimed to be a psychic fortune teller. That's a fortune teller. Why do they have to say two? Has been sentenced to three years and four months in prison for taking $1.6 million from a Texas woman to remove a curse from her family. She oh, oh, the fortune teller should have seen that coming. She should have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, some fortune teller you are. You don't know you're about to be fucking arrested. Dump it. <laughs> oh, no. She's gone through so much. Oh, actually, no, she did know. See, she's real. Fortune telling is real. Yeah. Invest- she eventually it, um, admitted to the victim that there, there was no curse. So she saw it coming herself. Basically, investigators say the woman, she met her victim in Houston, Texas, mistake number one, uh, in 2007, and then gained the woman's trust and convinced her that a curse had been placed on her and her family and that she needed large sums of money for crystals and candles to perform meditations that would lift the curse. You think crystals are cheap, bitch? Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. I'm going to need $1.6 million to buy rocks. You think these just come from the ground? Although, like, have you ever bought like a dip tea candle? Like, one no, of, because they're too expensive. Yeah, one of those is like five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so I get it. All, yeah. she she charged her for like three dip tea candles and like one hanging crystal. That's a one point six million dollars. You want high quality? You got to pay for it. Yeah. Or you want a generic brand curse lifter? I don't think so. Have fun passing this on to your children. But yeah, eventually the woman uh, admitted that there had been no curse and that she was lying. And then um, now she's going to jail for three years and four months, which is very specific. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. Next, I hope your little taste buds are ready because we're talking flavors. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right. Last week, I don't know how, we started talking about salt and vinegar chips. And then someone tweeted at me, uh, her name is Leanne, about how I better watch myself before she comes for me because I had a strong opinion about salt and vinegar flavor in that I did not like salt and vinegar flavor. So now I decided to make an entire deep dive about fucking horrible flavors. I hope you're happy, Leanne. (laughs) This is all your goddamn fault. Because let's be real, some food companies out here are playing God with our taste buds, and I've had enough. And by the way, I'm talking flavors, okay? (laughs) This is a very vague concept. Just flavors of snack foods, candies. Abstract, you know? Yeah. First, obviously, salt and vinegar. (laughs) Not a fan! You're basic! How do you have two basic-ass flavors that somehow make your mouth feel like it's burning in the middle of a desert? Do you know, does it ever happen to you when you're eating, like, a salt and vinegar chip? And Well, you probably just don't even eat them, but the, like, corners of your mouth start to, like, Burn. burn and like get like little bumps kind of 
Oh, yeah, the yeah, bumps. Yeah, the bumps. What is that? <laughs> it's your body viscerally rejecting, rejecting the food. <laughs> it's what happens when you try to, like, do an implant and your body is like, nope, not having this. <sighs> There's nothing good about it. There's nothing good. It's just dry and it hurts your mouth. There's no sweetness. There's no redeeming qualities. I think the point of salt and vinegar on their own, they're harsh because they they make you they give you pain so that you appreciate the sweetness. Mm. That's what you know. You put a little salt on like a chocolate chip cookie, ooh, ooh. and it's like, oh, this this little dash of salt is making me appreciate the sugar. Yeah. But guess what? It's not in a salt and vinegar chip. Anything good? The salt, the sugar. It's just pain. Also, you get to the bottom and it just it becomes violent. Like the concentration of salt and vinegar at the bottom of a bag of salt and vinegar flavored things is aggressive. It's violent. It's that's the only word. It's violent. You know one thing we don't talk about enough what? is like the the faux pas of sharing chips with someone and they always take out like the big ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. I know. You need to distribute it around. Because everybody knows, most people I interact with, because I interact with pushovers like myself, (laughs) you know never to take the last chip. Mm -hmm. You always leave the last chip. But what we don't talk about is that, like, really the last chip is the last intact chip. Right. None of these, like, halves or quarters. So you can take the last chip and pretend like you haven't because there's still a bunch of, like, crumbs. Mm-hmm. But it's like, fuck off. No, you just took the last chip. Mm-hmm. You ass. Next! Pumpkin-flavored things. It's that time of year. Guess what? It's pumpkin spice season, bitch. September. Starbucks decided it was pumpkin spice season like five years ago already. (laughs) They were like, it's time. Open up your fucking gullet and gulp. I hate... First of all, uh, this is a separate rant, but a pumpkin spice latte is available always. Really? Yeah. It's not not available the rest of the year. You can go in and order a fucking pumpkin spice latte. But then every year they do like the rollout and all of these fucking news channels, morning shows are like, it's pumpkin spice season. And it's like, literally, no. It's just Starbucks being like, drink up. Here's our orange slosh. And guess what? I get it. Every time. Every (laughs) time. I get at least one. My favorite go-to drink from Starbucks in college used to be a peppermint mocha. Ooh. Love that shit. That does sound delightful. But I love mint. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta keep it fresh. Gotta keep it fresh. So, yeah. It's September. It means fucking it's pumpkin spice season. Bitches in Lululemon and chunky scarves are about to tell me to fucking open up my mouth and eat a pumpkin spice Pop-Tart. No. Uh-uh. That sounds so gross. Like a good, oh, I'm cool with like a good cream cheese frosted like pumpkin bread, warm. Yes. A pumpkin pie. In a baked I like. thing, I'm all good. I my, be- my big beef is with pumpkin flavored things that should not be pumpkin flavored. Like I'm not mad at a pumpkin spice latte or a pumpkin spiced baked good, but like pumpkin cereal. No, 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 no. I mean, it's also technically a squash. Right. And but you, you can wouldn't... make it savory. Because but... I made a pumpkin chili once. I mean, that sounds fine. Well, I guess there's two. There's pumpkin spice. <laughs> I didn't know we'd get so philosophical. There's pumpkin spice and then there's pumpkin, which is two different things. Right. Yeah. I didn't have a pumpkin spice chili, but I did have pumpkin you chili. You used pumpkin on chili. I did, uh, when I worked for the place I used to work at, I did a three-day pumpkin cleanse, I called it, and ate nothing but pumpkin-flavored things for 72 hours. Maybe that's why you don't like pumpkin anymore. <laughs> also, it was I think, fully oh. disgusting. <laughs> I think it's also a difference between, like, pumpkin, the actual food, and then the flavor of pumpkin. Like, right. I like pumpkin, but when you're just using the flavor in things, that's typically bad. The worst thing I ate was a pumpkin dumpling that sounds good because it's just like a squash dumpling, mm-hmm. but it was a sweet pumpkin dumpling. Mm-mm. So it was like the dough was made of pumpkin and inside was like whipped cream, but it was warm. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking it was like one of the last things I ate in the cleanse and I almost vomited on the street on the Lower East Side. Definition wise, don't think that is considered a cleanse. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I was cleansing my body of things that didn't taste like pumpkin. <laughs> But yeah, the the second you start jizzing pumpkin spice around the food pyramid, we have a goddamn problem. Okay, so let's cool it. Next, white cheddar. What is white cheddar even? 
It's, isn't it just cheddar? I feel like everyone thinks that cheddar is orange, but natural cheddar is actually white. So what is the difference between white cheddar and regular cheddar flavor-wise? Well, first I want to just preface this by saying I'm completely making all of this up. Secondly, I think that it's uh, maybe it has to do with how long the cheddar is in the barrel for. No, it's racist. What? White cheddar is racist. Oh. White cheddar is the KKK of cheddar. <laughs> That's why their hats are pointed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that yeah. is fact. That is law. I yeah. I don't know if one is like sharper. But then that's there's a, sharp cheddar. That's a word that they use to describe cheese. Don't really know what it means. A mild or sharp cheese. Are those mm-hmm. opposite ends of the cheese spectrum? I wouldn't say opposite, but definitely on the spectrum. Uh it's weird to me that there are different flavors of cheese. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just like I don't know you think of cheese and I just immediately think of like cheese flavor I'm not gonna get any more specific than that (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess mozzarella and then your and then your cheddar American is just made up that's not real real. but like yeah nacho cheese what is that flavor cheddar I guess pizza cheese what there's too many types of cheese I haven't had cheese in so long (laughs) What is blue cheese also? It's old cheese. Also, isn't all cheese mold? Yes. But why does blue cheese have mold on it's, it? It's older. What is cheese? <laughs> also, next. Also, birthday cake flavored things that aren't birthday cake. Like Oreo has like a birthday cake it's flavored so Oreo. Gross. They also make like birthday cake flavored candles and stuff that you're not supposed to eat. <laughs> It's just like, no. Wait, what? <laughs> I remember my mom, we we used to have this birthday-flavored scented candle. Oh, okay. That she would light and we would blow that out instead of, so she didn't have to put candles on the cake and like ruin her cake. <laughs> Respect the detail. But it will always smell like birthday cake, and that's such like a weird synthetic flavor to me. Yeah. It doesn't actually exist, but you like know it. I guess it's like the flavor of like funfetti cake. It, yeah, right. But what is what is, is funfetti? <laughs> it's just sugar, I guess. Yeah. But like not more vanilla y, but not quite vanilla. Yeah, I guess vanilla is probably vanilla sugar. Butter. Um, is I this think what you butter. learn in like chef school (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) i genuinely don't know how you like learn how to taste stuff like i watch great british bake-off and they talk about like the flavors and how it hits them and like you know you have the flavor while you're chewing it then once you swallow and then like the back of your throat I think it's like paying attention to what you're eating instead of stuffing your face. <laughs> Being present, not just like slouched on the couch while you're eating every meal. Um. Anyway, uh, next, I also have said this before, peanut butter and chocolate. I absolutely disagree. Not a fan. Absolutely my favorite. I try, I was interrogating this earlier, and I feel like I don't quite know what it is about it, but I think it's... I just associate peanut butter being mixed with jelly. It's and I just don't like, like peanut butter and jelly. Well, you're a dumbass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I just don't. Yeah, I think it's like peanut butter belongs with something sweet, sweet, not like bittersweet, like chocolate. What about milk chocolate? Fuck milk chocolate. <laughs> I'd rather fucking die. I don't like milk chocolate. Oh, I do. I'll eat. I'll eat a whole ha- gross, wet handful of milk chocolate. But I prefer dark chocolate because I'm not. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> Alex did once buy. Not once. He does this regularly. We'll buy a milk chocolate bar and eat it. And I'm like, I don't know who you are or why you're in my house. Yeah, that is weird. I also have never just like bought a bar of chocolate and eaten it. I know he really. He concerns me. This is my boyfriend, by the way. Also, there's like, you know how like grocery stores have candy bars at the checkout line, but Whole Foods has like the weird candy bars. Yeah. That's like 90% chocolate. Uh-huh. And then like, I don't know, fucking zucchini. It's all of these weird things that I just don't get. I don't get the chocolate from Whole Foods. Also, I was thinking about this the other day. You know my favorite unit of food is? What? A nib. <laughs> A nib of chocolate. I, I just want a nib. <laughs> just one nib. 
Anyway, next! I actually like candy corn, so fuck off. What? Even though it doesn't have it a doesn't, flavor. Yeah, it doesn't taste like anything. It's just, I like the waxy texture. <laughs> There's something about candy corn that's, like, fun to chew. Except it has to be the small candy corns, not the, like, pumpkin ones. Oh, yeah, Where no, they make no, them. No. Those are, like, it's too, too much. much. Yeah. Oh, I also like Tootsie Rolls. There was another one that, uh, like, a list of the worst Halloween candies, and it said Tootsie Rolls. What are you talking about? Especially the colored Tootsie Rolls, the fruit ones. No, absolutely not. Oh, you, no, I love that's those. That's disgusting. <laughs> I can eat an entire bag of just the, yeah. Uh, the best ones, well, the red ones are the best. Green and yellow are fine. Orange is not very good. But then the white ones, ugh. I what are they supposed to be? It's like the Airhead White Mystery. No, it's like a cream. Ugh. That's disgusting. And finally, I'm going to end on a note that I enjoy, but I know a lot of people don't. And that is banana-flavored shit, okay? I love banana-flavored shit. I love the real banana-flavored stuff and the fake banana-flavored stuff. Even though the fake banana... I remember reading that, like, the synthetic banana flavor is based on a, like, strain of bananas that's now extinct. So it's basically like an anthropological experiment every time you eat it, and it's really important to keep it alive. Yeah, and I will. I My offspring will have the blood of synthetic bananas <laughs> running through their veins. <laughs> I, If I could, I would put bananas in everything. Wow. In my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's possible. That's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we've got... Philip Markle, a.k.a. Philip Sparkle, in the studio. My guest complainer today is comedian, storyteller, teacher, comedy teacher, Philip Markle, a.k.a. Philip Sparkle. Uh, his hilarious album, At the Gay Bathhouse, is out on Spotify now. Welcome, Philip. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so we like to get started by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Well, you say tomato, and I say no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a really basic thing to not like, but there's an interesting uh, origin story to why I hate it. Uh, the phrase... The phrase has nothing to do with it. That was just me being stupid and cheeky. Um, You're talking about the, the concept of this well, actually, is what you hate. The phrase maybe ties into it too. Basically, I apparently loved tomatoes as a very young boy. Okay, tomatoes I, are the thing that you're saying. Yes, and the phrase was... I was very confused as to what exactly we were talking well, about. Well, I'm going big and crashing into the sun <laughs> quick like Icarus is in this podcast. This is how we're doing it. Um, when I was a kid, I, I loved tomatoes. I, I, there's like photos of me with tomatoes smeared all over my face. And... <laughs> Photos, multiple. Yeah, you know, like people have had photos for some time now. Right. And I had this babysitter that I think was like Mary Poppins level influential in my life. Yeah. I don't really remember her that well, but um, she was just uh, practically perfect in every way. I believed everything she said. And there was one day when she came in and she saw tomatoes all over my face. And I do have a memory of this, of her turning and looking at me and saying, ew. And in that moment, I imprinted so strong. I, I'm not trying to make this up. Like, literally from that moment, I haven't took. eaten a tomato. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stand it. What a, a, a small but traumatizing event. Yes. Yes. She, 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 she totally t t drove the tomato out of me. I can have tomato sauce now, but a raw tomato, I get, I get physically ill. I have to take them out of everything. <laughs> Do you think, that, yeah, there was a moment, I mean, this is a little bit worse, but where, like, I had apple juice, and I must have, like, just gotten actually, like, the flu afterwards, but I always, forever after, was like, apple juice makes me vomit, and yeah. so, I like, I have not drank apple juice ever since then, and it's, so I do believe that there are very small things like that that can just, like, fuck you up. 
Yeah, you'll but never yeah, do it again. Your Mary Poppins really, she did a number on you. You know, kids are very impressionable. I just, I do enjoy the idea that um, there are, how many times she would come home and you would just have like tomatoes smeared all over your face. I don't think of tomatoes as a very smearable Well, I'm a food. messy boy. Mother always said, like, you have to learn to eat your food correctly or you're going to be a mess on dates. And I still am. Like, I yeah. just spill on myself. I never learned properly. I think I'm the opposite, oh, tomato-wise, though. I yeah. used to hate them as a kid, and now I'm like, all right. Now they're, you're on They're, like, watery. Yeah. That's the only real thing that they add is, like, moisture. God. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to uh, traumatize you any further than you've already been traumatized <laughs> by tomatoes, but... <laughs> yeah, so with my therapist right now, we're working on tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I, I want, like, an episode of you on Maury where that just a giant tomato comes out <laughs> and they force you to confront it. And the tomato was also, like, my long-lost, you know, mother, like, real mother is the tomato. <laughs> and, like, Maury, like, reveals it and the audience boos me. I'd love it. Yeah. When was the last time you watched Maury? <laughs> Um, honestly, it's been a while, but I think that, I don't know, Maury, do, do you not watch Maury? I was more of a Ricky Lake kind of girl. I mean, if we're being honest about the daytime soaps when we were calling, you know, faking sick out of school. Right, right. I know. Well, they Those didn't start until like afternoon. So you had to find something to do for the first like five hours you're awake yeah. as a child. Yeah, I, I faked being sick a lot in school. I was being bullied was like the real thing. But, yeah. you know, I was always sick and I was convincing and practicing acting and like, oh, I'm really out of it. And then I just watched all those shows. Yeah. Also went back when Nickelodeon was, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Like Nickelodeon used to be a sick, twisted channel. Yeah. They all, all of the, uh, there's so, even SpongeBob now is like a little out of control. Yeah. But, but like back in the day, yeah, all of the like Rocco's Crazy World or whatever. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Fact checked you in real time. <laughs> no, please. None of, nothing I say is accurate ever. <laughs> um, but, or, or Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. That's that some messed up one. stuff on that. It's amazing. Cat Dog. That was a big one for me. Yeah, cat dog. Yeah. Are you afraid of the dark? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was mean, I was scared of Are You Afraid of the Dark? There, there wasn't many I could take. I, I still have recurring nightmares of the the pinball at one where that where this kid got trapped in a pinball machine. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Uh, I, and then Goosebumps. Goosebumps really terrified. The the mask one, which I feel like is probably the most famous Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. That one when she like when it fuses to her face, I didn't like that at all. Ooh. No, I still think about that one. I remember the cuckoo clock one where she keeps like getting younger and younger and then she's like a baby reaching for the cuckoo <laughs> clock to like reset time. I mean, this is how I learned about plot. Yeah, you you learn story <laughs> very well from Nickelodeon. So yeah, so let's talk about kind of how you how you became you, I guess. I mean, this sure. is sort of fodder for every podcast, but are you, do you you choose to go by Philip Sparkle, correct? Yeah, when I'm on stage, unabashedly so. Yeah, where did the name Sparkle come from, besides well, the obvious rhyme? Yeah, well, my dad growing up was always like, you know, in frat college and fraternities, they called me Sparkle Markle. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, what, what's the opposite of that? Um, me being a queer-ass wizard on stage. Right. Um, this, the, the show, the first show was called Sparkle Hour and it was a one man version of a lot of stuff from my life. Tomato story not included. That's, that's fresh air on this podcast. Yeah. But, um, love it. Yeah. Uh, the idea was to be unabashedly and unironically celebrating the derangement of life. Uh huh. Like the, 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 both the highs and the lows because I've lived a very crazy life. Yeah. Um, I just got back from Burning Man. Two days ago, right? Th was that's on my list of, of <laughs> topics. <laughs> I I I have had outrageous experiences, and I I just as as my stand up and in my songs, whether it's at a gay bathhouse or eating like chicken nuggets in Iceland, like I just like to celebrate the absurdity, and, and I and I love when things go wrong. Maybe because I I am a person that that is working through a lot of um. Like I, you know, I, I can just get very low at times that the way that I always boost it up is by trying to find, for lack of a better word, the sparkle in the shit. Like, what is so wonderful about the fact that this terrible thing has happened? Right. And so that became, for, for lack of a better word, like Philip Sparkle in my voice on stage of just wanting to celebrate that with a real, like, wicked grin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, the stories that you tell on stage and in your songs are like, 
insane. Yeah, and <laughs> always yeah. true. I, oh, I absolutely believe it. Everybody yeah. thinks I'm always lying. I never lie. I only exaggerate. Ten <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, but like, I it is. Do you feel like you seek out? the like craziness or it's just like you seek adventure and like if it goes wrong then it goes wrong i mean there's a mix when you're you know in line to go down to the Kit Kat club for the horse fair in berlin to oh yeah be... also on my list of questions <laughs> i mean yeah that every word you just said is unintelligible to most people <laughs> and i only know what you're talking about because i've read what you wrote uh So that's like an experience, you know, that I've signed up for. But a lot of times, like, especially even at something that is um, unpredictable at Burning Man, when I go looking for stuff, it never happens. It's it's just kind of like the weird, fun, I stumbled on this and I'm going to stick around and see how it plays out. Like, those tend to be the most uh, life-changing experiences. Um, And it's just about, like, you being willing to stick around. I think a lot of people hit exit before... (laughs) Before the f- really gets good. I mean, I would have hit exit on most of the things that you seemingly partake in uh, far, far earlier than you would have. Um, but yeah, I don't even know where to start. I guess the thing you were just talking about. So you were in Berlin. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. I mean, feel free to, we can, you just refer to what you've written if you don't want to talk about it out no, loud. No, I, I have no shame about it. Um, so I got turned on to this thing called the Horse Fair. Yes. Which is a sex party in Berlin. Yeah. And in it, you decide if you're going to be a mayor or a stallion. Right. For listeners, this is for gay men only. One of those. <sighs> Sorry, ladies. Sorry. Yeah. You're and straights. Yeah. Just for just for the gay boys to have fun. Right. And you get to uh, the, the Kit Kat Club, and it's like a Saturday at 5 p.m. The sun is blazing out. <laughs> you're standing in line with a lot of other nervous people. And you've if you've signed up then, you're going to be a mayor. And you go down. And what it means <laughs> if you're going to be a mayor... Okay, so first of all, I, I've never done anything like this. Like, this is like kinky play on a level that I, I, I'd i never done. So it's going from zero to hero for me. But you essentially agree to put a bag over your head and be tied up in the stables, and then the stallions will arrive and fuck whatever mare they want. With, you know, you can say no if you don't want it, but really you can't see anyone, so it's anonymous sex. Right. But also, like, there's just so much happening. Yeah. I think what I find so, like, uh, ridiculous is the re- wrong word. Cause it sounds more judgmental. What's like insane about it to me is just the dichotomy between like just kind of the monotonousness of waiting in line (laughs) and and just like that kind of like awkward seeming awkwardness when you're just like it's like you're waiting to get on a ride and the kind of bond that you have with people in line for somewhere and then you get inside and it's just like the weirdest like most intimate thing that you're doing with a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. And and to put the two together, I think there's nothing more fun than waiting for something epic about to begin. Like I will tell you exactly what it was. I was tied up in a sling. They were playing Donna Summer's "I Feel Love" remixed over a techno beat. Beautiful. Like, I will, and I was r- just rock hard. Like like this is the most exciting <laughs> moment of my life. I mean, I guess like by uh, how do you prepare beforehand? Did you like eat a meal? <laughs> well, I mean, you're a homosexual. We right. don't eat before sex. I mean, yeah, yeah. I went and had Indian food. Is what yeah. I did. <laughs> Spiciest Indian food I could find. No, um, I, I mean, I was totally nervous. You know, I was chain smoking my little Vogue cigarettes. I was uh, downing gin and tonics with a sassy gay bartender. And by the way, that that is the nicest thing gays can do for each other. When you see a nervous gay at a gay bar, just sass him up. Yeah. No one wants to be like, are you feeling okay? Are you nervous? Like, as someone who's had a lot of bad acid drips, like, that doesn't work. What works is just to, like, sort of bitch slap me a bit and say, come on, honey, saddle up. Right. Giddy up. We're going to have fun. Like, you just got to be sassed out of it. So I was being sassed, having a good time and then yeah the moment before was the best part once it actually started happening it was um um at times overwhelming i had to like extricate myself for a little bit which i'm very proud of because i was like okay we've hit peak intensity this is too much let's go have a beer right a little a little break and then you go back to the stables and you know being able to take care of myself in that situation i, I felt really good about that that's good yeah i'm got always practice self-care when you're tied up in a, a german sex basement <laughs> yeah that's a great title 
for this episode. So, yeah. Self-care in a German sex basement. <laughs> there we go. We have it already. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like what was the thought process, I guess, beforehand? Um, it was... It was fr- it, my friends made me do it. Uh, yeah, it was oh, one good. of those things good. where I like <laughs> standard peer pressure. <laughs> you know, just a lot of female friends going on a gay to do something stupid. Sure. Um, I casually mentioned it, and they all like I have these improv friends, and they all just started chanting, "Pumped full of cum, <laughs> pumped full of cum." <laughs> At you know, open open air beer garden in Berlin, and you know, I I and then I was like, I will regret not doing it more. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I need I need content. That's always that. that's what the uh, Robert Frost poem was about. Was not going. Is that the right one? I oh, the Robert know. Frost poem about hashtag content. <laughs> Take <laughs> the content. The, the road not taken. It's about. Uh, is that him? I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and I took the content less taken. Yeah, you took the one where you're. Yeah, just in a basement with a bag over your head. Yes, yes. I I respect that. I mean, I just like could never put myself. I like can't even fathom doing it myself. I am absolutely sure there is something you do that I w- would be terrified to do. <laughs> that there is something. I, I don't know. And it might even be something like banal. Like if okay, I'll go to a German sex club, but you know, me, you know, sit still and watch the sunset. Well, I'm just a jumpity rabbit going cuckoo. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do that. I'm glad me watching a sunset is equivalent <laughs> in your mind to you doing that. Well, it's a buddy comedy we're starting sure, here. That's true. Right. I'm I'm the reserved one, and you're you'll bring me out of my show one day <laughs> next time we'll go to berlin together yeah I, I you inspire me all the time but with your i remember when i was walking i was walking to therapy and i ran into you in the park uh and you were coming from therapy and you were like yeah we just talked about uh doing toad poison that was right after right, you did that, that. Was, i licked the venom of a toad to have the most hallucinogenic <laughs> experience on earth <laughs> uh, actually licking is not right you smoke the venom of the to- of the toad the okay. sonoran desert toad uh that was so i've done it every <laughs> really feel like i'm painting a beautiful picture of myself oh yeah um, i want to elicit the worst possible picture yeah oh good but slash best yeah they're they're two sides of the same sparkle coin that's oh, yeah. my whole point um the the toad is it's like the nuclear bomb of psychedelics and i had what was like that's what Timothy what a, Leary called it. <laughs> what a horrifying descriptor for something that you're willingly taking. Uh, it basically like blows up your consciousness. And I had like a death experience where I felt Philip Markle, you know, blasting off into this infinite white void die. I felt myself evaporate and I was gone. And it was, it was sort of like, you know, falling to sleep. But like, oh, I'm gone. See ya. I'm, okay. I'm one with the universe. And then I came back into myself after five minutes of writhing on the floor, totally, totally unconscious. Don't know what. Apparently, I was trying to take off my pants, pull something out of the bottom of my spine, mm-hmm, and I'm um, mm-hmm. saying, love, love, love. <laughs> That's according to the healer. Appropriate, yeah. Um, but then when I came back into myself and my ego came crashing back online, I really felt like I had just been in the infinite and then I felt Philip come back. And I'm actually excited to do the toad again <laughs> and this time see if I can let go more. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I mean, that was the first I had kind of like heard you talk about um, that level of like psychedelics. But you were talking about doing like, you know, you've you've done others. That's just like the nuclear. That's the nuclear that's bomb. That's the yeah. big one. I had, a, I had a crazy acid trip with two uh, best buds at Burning Man this year. Uh-huh. Um, actually, to be honest, way more intense than the toad because the toad only lasts like 25 minutes. You yeah. Know, acid, for those of you, us, you know, who have dropped, <laughs> uh, can last 14 hours. <laughs> I did not know that it's long and um this was one was like oh my god it went down the rabbit hole quick and i'm gonna tell you the only thing that saved us that truly saved us was humor yeah being able to like laugh at the fact of like well off to bellevue boys (laughs) like it saved us i've never been so grateful for comedy yeah Oh, that's good. I'm glad you didn't like jump over the the edge. Well, I, it started with me opening a porta potty at Burning Man that someone had decorated with. I'm not kidding you. A hundred rubber ducks that had been put everywhere. Like, okay, I'm opening some portal to hell here. Right. That is not what I would want to see sober. No. I mean, I, I went in and then, of course, I showed the boys. I'm like, boys, there's these ducks here. I think this might be some sort of sign. Followed by, <laughs> and I'm not making this up. Again, not lying. This actually happened. A giant rubber ducky 
blasting across the playa on Burning Man a couple minutes later, uh-huh. someone then gifting me a rubber duck out of nowhere that I could squeak whenever I wanted to make a little squeaky sound. <laughs> and then we went out on the playa and there was a four letter sign that could be made to what anybody wanted it to say. And it literally said the following words, hell, fuck, and duck over the course of the night. Ending, but it's like, what? These signs, we can't. They're all adding up. <laughs> so we this went down a, the Someone duckle. was just like, you were a, a lab rat that someone was like observing. Yes. And, um, you know, it was just all we could say is we were having some duck tails. <laughs> just keep us sane with my singing. Yeah. I think I would have lost my mind. Yeah. How long is Burning Man? I mean, I guess for for the layman, how, what is Burning Man? Like, how do you describe it to someone? Because you've been how many times? This was my sixth time. <laughs> the devil's <laughs> number. <laughs> okay. So and, it's in the middle um, of the desert. It's in the middle of, you can see it from space. I describe it, I think the easiest way to understand it is it's a temporary city built built on 10 radical principles that people agree to come. There's 80,000 people that have all... 80,000 people? 80,000. I didn't so, know that. And it's 10 miles across. So it's the size of San Francisco. Uh-huh. It's huge. And in a city, you can find everything. It's it's a music festival. It's the most amazing art you've ever seen in your life. Just in the middle of this hellish desert environment where the, the, the two biggest principles are you have to radically self-rely on yourself, meaning you don't forget to bring water. You are fully there to take care of yourself. You brought all your food, your tent, so you're not needing help from anyone. And then radical self-acceptance, meaning you are there to show up as yourself and to include everyone else in this community communal city and so you just meet the nicest people and the best dance music and oh my god and and a, and a bunch of fucking ducks uh, also that yeah yeah i mean i guess at this point are there things that you're like no i'm gonna not do that or are there things that seem like too intimidating well less drugs yeah <laughs> i think that'd be good i think the brain she's getting a little <laughs> she ain't the, the old mare she used to be uh, because I just say my, the physical exhaustion, like at the end of this Burning Man, was just palpable. I was like, "Yeah, I I cannot do this six, seven, to eight days in a row anymore." No. So I I, I do want to do less of that. Uh huh. Um, and I want to be okay with being still and doing nothing. That thing of like not pulling out the phone, not distracting myself, just being okay. Oh, I guess it's called meditation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should try that. No, I'm trying to get better at that too. I feel like I like being distracted from myself. And it's easy oh, to know. not, yeah. <sighs> it's easy to not. Uh, it's easy to let your. There's a lot of distractions, especially in New York, especially now. I like, yeah. There are a, a million things that I could be doing instead of sitting with my my own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Not easy. No. <laughs> you're thinking of something. I can tell. I I, I mean I. So when you're in a crazy environment like at Birdie Man, you have a million crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was able, I feel this year, to identify of just like, oh, I've been a Birdie Man enough times. Oh, on day two, I tend to freak out and think that everybody hates me after day one when I'm so charming and fun. It's like I was able to sort of like trace just like the patterns of like, oh, and maybe I can map this when I go back to New York of just like every thought is just a thought is just a thought is just a thought. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't have to put, I don't have to make them so heavy. They can be raindrops, not hail. Right, right. Which is, yeah, that's the point of headspace. They always like to say, you know, you acknowledge your thought like like a feather, like just tapping it with a feather. Now, headspace (laughs) is the one with with the British man. I think so, yeah. Um, But anyway, I digress. Uh, (laughs) So you, uh, what did you go to school for? Uh, Theater. Yeah. At Northwestern, as you did too. Yeah, not theater, no. I was a journalism major. Oh, bougie, Medill. (laughs) I was a Medildo. Um, Oh, is that what... Yeah, that's what we call ourselves. Well, I don't know if we call ourselves that. That's what other people call us. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was not a performer until well after college. Got it. Yeah. But you were always a performer. Oh, ever since I played um, the Troll King in Pear Gint. (laughs) My first role. (laughs) It was the Troll King. Tomatoes on your face. Just (laughs) hellish characters. Hamming it up. Scaring Pear Gint, the Norwegian folk hero. (laughs) Very um, hero's journey. Yeah, I've, I've been a performer my whole life and then uh, have branched out into yes yeah, storytelling and songwriting was yeah. also a classical pianist for all it was worth yeah slaving away doing my hours on the piano every day worst agreement ever contract I ever made in my life was with my father of which like I agreed to play equal minutes of piano to video games and I, I'll never forget that's when I learned about contract law right 
bad contract. And you signed it. He made you sign a paper. Yes. And, and I went and played eight hours of video games. It's like, well, time for eight hours on the piano. Yeah. But now, you know, you've made a career of it. Yeah. Uh, I do want to move to our game, uh, Elaborate, which is where we have you elaborate on things that you've said you've hated on Twitter or ex- expressed your dislike of. Okay. Um, although you are a generally positive person, at least on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think, what was the last hate well, tweet I put out? One one topic that you do cover a bunch is insta-gay culture. Oh, I hate that. Now, yes. <laughs> if there's one thing I can do in this world, it's to destroy the insta-gays. Yeah. Uh, there, were, there was one big moment this week where oh, it's kind of sad. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, where the one guy was like, uh, my best friend died and I, I it's his birthday tomorrow and I, he would really want 10,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! And it's like, I guess, it wasn't like he was asking it for himself, but no, it was th- still that's like... sick, honey. <laughs> she's, a, she's, she's dead, she's gone, her, her, her account doesn't... I mean, w- that's so creepy to me. I yeah. mean, the first time I really was alerted to the dangers of instigate culture was when I saw two men posing outside of Yaz Vashem. Oh, I just said Yaz Vashem. I meant to say Yad Vashem, uh-huh. the gay... Uh, <laughs> the Holocaust Memorial in Israel. Barry okay, loves it out there. Re- I'm really, I mean, I once did think that a drag name for if I ever did drag would be Yaz Vashem, but that's probably really crossing a lot of lines. Um, but yeah, I saw these two, you know, instacase posing and taking their pick outside the Holocaust Memorial. Oh, right, right. And that's when I wrote the first instigate lyric. You know, he's posing with his sexiest boyfriend outside of Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Memorial. Is so sartorial with two homosexual, well-dressed men. Insta-gay, insta-gay, everybody follow insta-gay. I am so upset that that is even a trend. Yeah. yeah. And like, no self-awareness and, uh, you know, Fire Island, I went for the first time this summer. I mean, yeah. It took me six years in New York and I finally went. I'm a bad gay. I have yet to go. Bad gay, bad gay. And I've been here for seven years. Wow. So well, I'll take you next year. Yeah. We're going to Cherry Grove it up because there's personality and sass and humor and humanity in Cherry right. Grove. I My goal is to be able to um, take a shirtless selfie by spring. What did I say? Spring 2020, I believe. Yeah. So I'll be ready. I'll be Fire Island ready by next year. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you go to the Pines and it's, you know, all these boys tripping their asses off G, which is, by the way, the one drug I haven't tried. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just drink too much. I don't even know the alphabet drugs. There's too many. Well, yeah, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There's K, isn't there K or T? There's all of them. I mean, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you that <laughs> at Burning Man this year, we, we, we had a thing because the, the thing that my camp that spread the most was we, we were calling it catching the hep. And it, it's not the, like hep like you think it is, but you'd be surprised how um, catchy and uh, contagious talking in a Catherine Hepburn-like voice is okay. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we were all catching the hep, talking like on our chaise lounges like it was 1920. Uh, that is very catchy, yeah. yeah. So if you want to catch the newest drug, it's catching the hep. Yeah, so these boys, you know, I'm smiling at them on the dance floor, just showing my sparkle personality, and just everybody is just so cool for school. I cannot stand it with these instigates and their super bodies and not a speck of personality. No, yeah, I think the thing that I'm learning is they don't, no one person has it all, you know? No. It's, they're, they're lacking Jesus. somewhere. <laughs> Jesus, but he, Jesus would be an instigay, honestly. Those abs. <laughs> Uh, you the know, attention? he's giving me this. He's serving me this. Yeah. Uh, if anything, the only fault against him is that he only had 12 followers. And that's not 13? I don't know. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Jesus needed more followers. In order to truly be an instigay, yeah. Uh, you you host Sparkle Hour, and there was one that I was on, uh, and there was an instigay there who I'd followed, and he, he was the one, because I do a bit about uh, burpees, about a trainer who made me do burpees. And he was like, do one. <laughs> and I was like, fuck you, man. I don't, like, you, if you're, like, if you have abs and, like, biceps and, like, have an entire book of your ass published, you don't get to tell me to do a fucking burpee. But I think you did it. I think I did <laughs> 
I think you talk a big talk, I, Matt, but I think you did the I, fucking burpee. I think I gave in to pressure. And I I realized in that moment I didn't know what a burpee was. Yes, and then you quizzed the audience <laughs> and the instigate filled you in on the only thing he knows. Now look, while you've been telling that story, I actually went to at Jesus. Yeah. On Instagram. And I'm here to tell you, first of all, he's following zero. Of course. Jesus doesn't follow anyone. No. Son of God doesn't need it. He's got 101,000 followers. I just love whoever the like 50 year old woman who runs that account is she like. She loved it. You know what? Good has, for her. She has like Photoshop basic. Yeah. On her iPhone. Uh, there is a, you did a video about I don't like paper. That's something um, I truly hate. Um, I, I, I'm very bad at keeping pieces of paper and I uh, did a Ru, RuPaul cover of the song. Um, Oh my God! What is it? Um, your the mama song, you know. But anyway, it goes mother. Yeah, call me mother. And I did. I don't like paper, uh, not even toilet paper. Wipe your ass with a Motorola razor. You know, it's like I just had real stupid fun with that one. Yeah, I did accidentally buy the like ultra soft Charmin the other day, which it it that is one product that like sounds like it's going to be way better than it is. What's... I don't think toilet paper should be that soft. Is what I'm. It's, I'll I'll die on this hill. Wow, that's the most German thing you've said all day. <laughs> you like it a little harder. <laughs> Call me kinky. Uh, this is this is where we learn that my my actual kink is just a rough piece of toilet paper. Maybe it's because my asshole um, was not coddled as a child. It was the opposite. Oh. Like my parents are so um, like. Uh, cheap that we would get the like sandpaper toilet paper oh god yeah that, that i really think that's not okay in 2019 it's like w- w- really honey like two dollars you're gonna subject your ass to this i argue with my mom all the time i mean she thinks i'm like i think i'm so fancy and like that i have to have the best of the best of everything and i'm like no i literally just like don't want to bleed from my ass yes and meanwhile your mother you know or at least a parent's generation probably have like a mortgage and things like that like actual fancy things and yet i'm bougie because i want my iphone 10 and some fancy ass toilet paper right but the yeah the ultra soft charmin is too soft and it it crumbles it crumbles yeah it's like wiping your ass with um you know, um, oh, like a pinata that's been broken open. <laughs> <laughs> the newest, uh, the newest toilet paper is just broken pinatas. It's just like, yeah, it's too. It like it just like breaks apart. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, Am I insane? I literally have started taking ass pills. Um, I've heard. I mean, I've seen plenty, but I don't know. I what are, are they like a fiber pill? Yeah, I mean, they're basically just fiber pens, but fiber pills, but they're advertised. By the instigays, which you know, say right. themselves, but they're they're called like pure for men. And you know what? At least at Burning Man, I was able to have like you know clean sex on the playa. A lot of other stuff wasn't clean, right? So you feel like it is effective? Yeah, I went to this Roman Greco level orgy in a sauna tent at Burning Man on 102 degree. It must have been 120 degrees inside. I mean, the smell though, like the smell, the smell. I've never smelled a smell like this. I mean, Willy Wonka couldn't even put it in an everlasting gobstopper. This smell was just, you know, ass brought to life, feral ass brought to life, and I was just happy for once to not be contributing. I feel like. <laughs> I don't even know. I think we should just end there. What I will say is I feel like if there was in any situation in which it was probably fine for your ass to just be disgusting, it was that one. So I respect that you were like, I'm going to bring a bit of class to this, uh, what was a Roman Greco orgy in the middle of Burning Man. Well, you know what Chanel always says. <laughs> Before you take your ass out, take one thing out. Yeah, just class it up that little bit. Yeah. All right. On that beautiful note, <laughs> uh, where can people find you and your work? My album at the Gay Bathhouse of all my comedy songs so far is on Spotify, uh-huh. as well as all the other ones. You know, you can do title if that's your thing. Sure. Yeah. She's, she's everywhere. If you're, if you, yeah, want real luxury. Yeah. And then um, on uh, Facebook, Philip Sparkle, and then on Twitter, Philip Sparkle, and Instagram, Philip Sparkle, and then come see live shows that I do in New York. Um, and I also have a comedy theater company that I run called the Brooklyn Comedy Collective. That's right. Yeah, she's multifaceted. I- She really is. Oh! 
All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down easier, starting with the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you've been watching? You know what I've been watching because I've been screaming it from the mountaintops. I have watched the second season of Elite. You finished? Uh, Hell yeah, I finished. I watched it in three days, even though you could really watch it in one. It's only eight episodes. And honestly... I think the second season was even better than the first. Oh. It was so juicy. So for those who don't know, Elite, I mentioned it a couple episodes before. Um, It's this Netflix original from Spain. It's this juicy teenage drama. The first season, this uh, classmate gets murdered. They're trying to figure out who it is. There's a lot of like class clashing, socioeconomic differences. There's faith-based conflict. There's like, there's a lot of queer characters. It's just, and it's so... They're so catty, but also so serious. And it's not a campy show. Like, it is very dramatic and serious. So the second season, the, the first season ended, and we know who it was who did it, and the wrong person goes to jail. And so in the second season, it's like, are, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to crack under the pressure? And, like, all of this shit starts happening. And there's also, like, not quite a grifter, but kind of a grifter character. And um, it just, it was so good. And I loved it. And I want more people to watch it with subtitles, not dubbed, so that we can talk about it. Especially you. You need to watch the second season. I know. I kind of just want to rewatch the first first. I mean, that's fine. You can do that. What are you watching? I haven't watched and really any new TV because then I started rewatching old Great British Bake Offs, <laughs> which surprisingly I thought at first I was like, this is dumb because I know all of the winners. But uh, then I got sucked in. <laughs> also, I was a little stoned. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is also the series where uh, Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry, um, it's called Great British Bake Off, like Masterclass. Mm-hmm. And they make all of the recipes that are like oh. the challenges. And I enjoy watching people who actually know what they're doing make baked goods, especially when I'm a little stoned. <laughs> But the real thing I wanted to mention was Hustlers, the, the movie, yes. not the TV show, that we we saw. Um, the movie with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. And Cardi B and Lizzo and Lily Reinhardt and Kiki Palmer and Julia <laughs> Stiles. It's a fucking crazy cast. Yes. Someone in our theater was like, was that the bitch from Save the Last Dance? <laughs> It was not what I was expecting at all. I guess I didn't really know what a Hustlers was supposed to be before I went in. I was expecting a comedy, like a straight up comedy. <laughs> and it's like Wolf of Wall Street-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a comedy drama. I The first hour I was like, there's absolutely no plot is happening. It's just like cool shots of J-Lo, who I was feeling things for. It was very intense. Yeah. I mean, she did, she's done interviews where she, like, basically ate nothing for, like, ten whole days before they shot. Jesus. Yeah. And she's a 50-year-old woman who can beat my ass, but um, I would let her after Mm -hmm. watching that movie. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. And now people are, like, saying she could win an Oscar. Yeah. She should be nominated. And I'm here for it. Mm Mm-hmm. And what is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is also something I watched, but something I watched live. And it was uh, with you because you had tickets to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child parts one and two. But then you went to see part one on one night and the next night. Your friend got sick and couldn't see part two, so you invited me. I had not read the book. I had not seen part one, but I loved part two. And it was just like, there's this one part where Harry transfigures into another character I won't say who and on stage he just straight up disappears and we were close to stage and I was staring at him and yes I was very stoned but I like screamed I like, could not I had it was like where the fuck did he go how did they do that it's like a magic show um and it's great and now I'm super excited and it's just been like keeping me happy to know that we're gonna go see parts one and two again so yeah. that I can see the first part yeah I hadn't seen the Harry Potter play then my friend got tickets and invited me to go with. And yeah, I was yeah. very excited. Yeah. So that was my chaser. It was a, it was a really fun. Also, like, I don't know. When I think about Broadway, I think about musicals and I forget, like, there's also just plays. <laughs> and it was fun to go see a, sh- a play on Broadway. That's like a whole half of Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. I know. <laughs> I just I never think to go see those plays. Not as much anyway. Yeah. What about you? What's your chaser? Mine, which I've alluded to, and I hate doing a chaser that's just me buying something expensive, (laughs) but I got a Vitamix that I'm so excited about. (laughs) 
<laughs> I am excited to become a homemade smoothie queen. Uh, even though I got it and it got delivered and then I was like, fuck, now I have to use this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend not buying an expensive blender unless you're committed to it. Um, or, you know, also buying one that doesn't make like 20 smoothies for you and the entire <laughs> village that you live in, which is the one that I have. It's basically like an industrial blender. Um <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited to try to make my own smoothies at home. Lovely. And save the environment. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't quite know what ingredients to buy, I went I went to Whole Foods. And every time I try to shop in the part of Whole Foods that's like actually Whole Food. <laughs> it's like I'm bulk very, items. Yeah. I'm very over. It's like I know I can buy a salad if it's in like a bag or like a bin. But when it's just like fresh leaves with a rubber band around it on a shelf, I get very overwhelmed. So you mean grocery shopping. You don't know how to grocery shop. (laughs) I know how to take bags of stuff and put it in a cart. I don't know how to, like, pick out. And then I get scared because it's like, I know I want to buy organic, but then, like, how do you clean it? You put it in the sink. Or you get, like, a salad spinner. But you can just put it in the sink and just wash it. Yeah, but just water? No, you can buy, like, vegetable spray. Yeah, what the fuck is that? You buy it at Whole Foods. Well, I forgot. Okay, we'll add it to your list. Because <laughs> I was going to buy it but when I went in, but then I forgot to buy it. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's Unhappy Hour. Thank you for listening. You can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. Because every time we touch, I I get get this feeling. Then you put your tongue on a butthole and it... (laughs) Someone else tweeted and they were like, my kids love listening, but then I have to turn it off when he talks about butt stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And their kids were like, what's butt stuff?